Hey everybody, brand new episode, 30 on Broadway. Not the way we expected to come out of the gate here. And uh, not what we were expecting uh, for an early exit and an early end. The waiting is over! Oh wait, no, sorry. Just stop it. Um, Really quick out the gate. I don't, Nick, you can see it over to my, there it is. I'm pointing to it in my screen. That slogan needs to retire. Uh, well, technically the slogan's accurate. There was no quit in New York. They only quit in Jersey. <laughs> no, they, they quit in the beer. Oh, whatever. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know you liked it. You know that was funny. Come on. Well, no, they, laugh. they didn't. Oh, whatever. Anyways. Laugh, laugh a little. What kind of person are you if you don't laugh a little? All right, so I purposely delayed doing this episode for a couple of reasons. One, normally it's the postseason, so, and, and there's been nothing normal about our season here on 30 on Broadway, which, which sucks that it ends because I felt like we were just getting back into the groove of things. Um, and I feel like there's, there's a lot of grooving going on. You know, the vibes on our side are good. Nick's got, uh, Nick has got things rolling on his side, doing a lot of stuff with blue seats blogs. Um, I saw you were a guest again, on um, yep. on their podcast, um, really, great podcast. Really, it was a, it was a good time. I, I really enjoyed um, sitting talking with Rob, Dave, JL. Um, it was it was it was really good. Yeah, my, my I mean, seats is a great it, show. I mean, it's, it just it, the only thing that sucked is that we had to deliver a post mortem the first week of uh, of, of of May. Yeah, you see, you, you go know. on there, and then all 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 everything goes to shit. No, I'm just... <laughs> you know, you know what. <laughs> You know what? Oh, man. All right. So I kind of wanted to wait because the immediate reaction, of course, being a fan, a fanatic, a diehard, you know. A true blue. True blue. You know, throw every, (laughs) throw every, um, whatever the hell it is that's called, throw whatever you want out there, you know. You know, true blue, uh, you know, whatever. I am a ranger. Sorry. I'm you know, just yeah, I am a the, ranger. I, you know, I am naming the ranger. We're all in heart. We're all Bobby Grangers. And if you don't know who Bobby Granger is, man, you missed out on some some awful Rangers hockey. Awful Rangers hockey. But, but some tremendous commercials. commercials. Yeah. Not like to now, which the commercials are cringy. But, uh,. I purposely kind of. If held you remember off. Bobby Granger, you're a real one. Just by the you way, you are, you are, because you live through yeah, some yeah. dark shit. So, yeah. so first off, to those that are like, "Oh my god, this is awful," <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. This sucked. Don't get me wrong. This sucked. This royally sucked. In, in ways that I have not been as disappointed in a in a, a season ending. Um, I think. <sighs> What the post? What would it be? The 2016 season, um, uh, the season where the we season lost against it. Ottawa. We yeah, we yeah. we lost it on the stick of effing Oli Jokinen, um, on the well, shootout. Let, let, let's be real. This is the Rangers. Well, this is their earliest playoff exit since uh, the 15-16 season, where they bowed out in five against Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh won the first of their back-to-back cups. But 
Yeah, and outside of our, then, our little run of not making the postseason. Well, but but when you think about when you think about the last twenty years of Rangers hockey, okay, yeah, this team we did decent runs. Yeah, like I mean, you can remember all the early playoff exits, the three-one series lead to Washington, the you know the the series against Boston, the yep. the the you know um, getting swept by the Devils, their first year back in the playoffs, um, like I. I can remember on one hand the amount of times the Rangers have bowed out early. When you look at Rangers hockey in its totality in the last 20 years, we've been very blessed because we've gone on, we've seen some really, really deep runs. You know, yeah. Yeah. so th- th- this one this this one hurts since the Ottawa series because they should have made the conference finals that year, but, you know, Elaine Vigneault is an idiot and – we don't need to go down that road again. The year he but, should have been fired. You know, um, it, it, it's but it's just it's one of those things where, you know, this hurts because as Ranger fans, we have been spoiled to a certain extent where we haven't had many short postseasons. A lot of our postseasons end the end of May, you know, or the beginning of June. Yeah, outside of the little mini rebuild era. Um there we go. That's starting. Oh boy! See what happened. See what they did to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, outside of the rebuild era, this has been not really the norm. Usually, you get these. You know, you'll get these long series. The Rangers. That's one of the things. And and I've and I've heard from I've heard and I've seen a lot of people who say the Rangers don't have an identity, and that's one of the things that we're going to touch on. Well, I, fuck it, we'll touch on it right now. The Rangers don't have an identity. They do. Well, the no, Rangers no, no, no. do. This, this, this Ranger team, this Ranger team did not have an identity. They have an they, identity in no, the essence no. of. Hold on, let me finish fucking statement, man. No. <laughs> they have a piece of this group. Their their identity is they ride on the success of what's in between the pipes, and that's not a good thing. It's not a good identity, so to speak. You know, it's not the the moniker of we're going to be a hardworking team. We're going to make it difficult to play against. You know, the the nonsense that any coach comes in and says, you know, you know the the, the standard drib drab. This team's identity is not good at five on five. They're going to wow you with the power play, and they are going to ride or die on what's between the pipes. So you're saying their team identity is laziness? Yes. Thank you. And you saw it get exposed horrendously against the Devils. A team that just – I mean, how many times did we talk before? Obviously, you know, going going through, we, we were on our hiatus, but Nick and I watched probably 95% of Ranger games together. True. How many times – did we talk about this team and and just not being in it, especially after their little, you know, their their, their low pre-Truba throwing his helmet? Uh, how many times did we talk about this team just doesn't engage? Like, they just don't look like, you know, they're always scrambling. They can't counter or they can't react to speed. 
what is the big thing that the devils are about? Speed. They're tenacious. Tons of, tenacious, They're... tons of shots on goal, which sometimes is whatever, but speed, tons of shots my, on my, goal and being incredibly sound in moving my, the puck out of their defensive zone. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite hockey cliche is hounds for the puck. Yeah. And the devils are literally hounds for the puck. Like they, they, you know, it's not, if they, if they dump and chase, they're not sending one guy in. They're sending two forwards in on one guy to for to force a turnover. They, you know, they, they play extremely aggressive. They play extremely fast. They play extremely hard and they don't just play fast offensively. They're fast defensively. Right. They're, they're they, fa- yeah. And, and they're, they're really good at moving the puck out of the zone. They're really good at getting the puck out of their zone. But it go, it, it, that, and that also goes to something that Dave mentioned uh, on uh, the Blue Seats Live podcast, where he had mentioned that the Rangers, the way they like, if they're, if you're not named Adam Fox, literally everybody else tries to chip the puck off the glass. It's live which, from the Blue Seats, Nick. Or live from the Blue I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up. Don't be me. I'm tired. Yeah, no. I mean, hey, and- but. And honestly, I don't really think Adam Fox had that great of a year. Now, I mean, that's purely going off of off of the eye, eye only. I'm not looking at any stats. I'm not looking at any advanced metrics or anything like that. I'm just looking at, you know, just just what I've watched and, and what I've seen. The, I, I just The biggest thing to me that I can go back to over this year is laziness. And that's... In a lot of ways, it's not being able to move the puck. And, and and let me let me back up a little bit. Well, it, it's That's... laziness, but it's also it's lack of adjustment. It's also laziness on the half of the coaches, right? And and, 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 and that's and, and that's most specifically the head, the head and coach. I, and I know we're, I'm kind of going all over the map here and, and whatnot, but that's kind of I kind yeah, of said way, it that way. By the way, guys, I did not do show notes this week. You did I, it, but... I just, but part I, of it I, was I, I wanted to – I was trying to – because if we would have recorded after Game 7, okay, the mindset would be Galat is fired, fire well, the that's, staff. That's Panarin, still the mindset. Panarin, trade him, trade Barkley Goodrow, you know, get rid of Keandre Miller, trade Alexi Lafreniere, hell, maybe look at, you know, Capo Caco. You know, all the crazy thoughts that – and it's normal. It's, it's not – by yeah. the way, those aren't crazy thoughts. Those are sane. But, but like it's like blow it up, blow everything up, and and people will be like, "Well, you're you're nuts," you know, or that's you know the team is doomed. This team is doomed. We got to start over, start from scratch. One good luck doing that with the roster because you can't, you just can't, just because of the design of the cap and everything like that. But two, everybody was saying this about Tampa. <laughs> now I'm not. I let me. Let me phrase that a little. I don't say phrase it a little differently, but let me say it in this grade. I don't think this is the same team as Tampa, as the Tampa team was that lost to Columbus in four and then unleashed the dragon, so to speak. I don't necessarily think we're that we're that level, just based on the talent alone on the roster. I mean, just just look at the rosters from back then. It's not the same thing. There's a lot of similarities in terms of. You know, Igor Shosturkin, Andre Vasilevsky, you know, you have Panarin, Kucherov, Savannah, Jed, Stamkos. 
Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm not putting them on the same level. I'm not putting them on the same level. I was going to say, hold the damn phone. No, no, no. But that's where I'm saying you can't necessarily start. You can't start lining it up. But I'm like, you know, the cupboard starts to change then because then you, you know, then you've got Braden Point. You've got all these other pieces. You start saying, well, damn, you know, yeah, you know, their bottom end talent, their talent that they developed. Exactly. They drafted and developed talent. We don't was terrific and that's a big difference that's a big difference to me there's more there's more there so i'm not saying oh we got beat up by the devils we lose you know we go we go down in a series we're gonna come right back like we're tampa you know a few tweaks and we'll be right there maybe who knows but i you know it's easy to sit here and go blow everything up get rid of everybody dump players off make moves make trades make things happen and roll it back. It's also easy to sit here and say, hey, this team reminds me a lot of the early 90s Rangers teams. You know, a Rangers team that was a, a, a President's Trophy winner, a team that ends up missing the playoffs, you know, a team that loses, in, or what, what was it, President's Trophy, and they lost in the second round. Then yep, they missed the, the playoffs. Then, Yep. And then yep. the next year they win the Cup. But people, you also got to remember, Neil Smith kind of blew that team up at the deadline. <laughs> In 94, like, <laughs> and, and I know, you know, you were only, what, four years old when that happened? Correct. I was going on nine, and I, you know, even at my, at nine, I don't remember everything in great details, but, you, you know, there were a lot of moves that happened to get that team because they didn't feel, Mike Keenan specifically at the time, did not think that club was going to win a cup. So if they don't go and make those moves, who knows? You know, who knows what, what happens? Maybe it's just, you know, inevitably another year or two down the road, they get there because they had a lot of talent. You know, they had a, a lot of big pieces that, guess what, they, again, didn't really develop and bring along. But, you know, hmm, shocker. So to sit there and start doing comparables and start saying, blow it up, do you do this, do you do that? I wanted to kind of wait it out, see what the players – said in the breakup and you know breakup day see if Gerard Gallant got to speak to the media which was a little frustrating with some of the responses that he had I kind of get being on the defensive but you really don't have anything to be defensive about when you just got completely out coached and and whatnot um when you started off a playoff series where I thought was terrific and then you just completely shit the bed you know, so I, I wanted to take a little bit of time back and kind of sit here and say, all right, what do I think is going to happen? And this is my thoughts. I have a couple of different areas where I think will happen. I'm leaning more towards, and Nick, I'll get your 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 thoughts on this, obviously. I'm leaning more towards had the blow-up argument that I believe Arthur Staple – had said was between Drury and Galat. Had that been bigger, I don't think Galat comes out and does the the presser. I also don't think Gerard Galat was still be coach at this point. I'm more of the mindset now as we've moved a little bit past, and again, still this is really fresh. I mean, the series just ended not that long ago. 
but I'm more of the mindset now that I will not be surprised one bit that Gerard Gallant is behind the bench next season. And I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. I know a lot of people are going to say, are you effing nuts? To some extent, yeah, I think it's it's not necessarily the right move. But I wonder if the chop comes to his support, if it comes to the assistant coaches, if it comes to where, hey, Gallant, you're on the hottest of hot seats. One little slip up and you're out of here. You know, one little skid early in the season, you go on a two, three game slide or you get embarrassed or you start looking bad or something just doesn't seem to be fitting in. You're out of here. That's the road that I I, I kind of leaning on. That's the road the Rangers are going to take. I, I, I get the mindset that they will make changes on the assistant coaching side because I think that's where the Rangers are sorely lacking on the coaching department. You know, Gerard Gallant is your player's coach kind of guy. But obviously there's an issue with motivating the veteran players. Uh, obviously. And that's and that's hard to do. You know, you've got guys, Zabanajad, Kreider, Panarin. Most of those guys are not going to change the way they play. They're, they're not. So you either have to get somebody in there that can get through to them and break through and have them respond. And whether that's the head coach or whether that's a support side that has support from from a, a head coach in 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 Gallant, you know that remains to be seen. But I think that's kind of where I, I feel like the Rangers are going to go first. There, okay, there is a major disconnect between Gerard Gallant and Artemi Panarin. Oh, I don't it's, disagree. It's clear. It's there. Uh, it's a problem. Now, having said that, I believe, first and foremost, if and when Joe Quinville gets reinstated by the NHL, the New York Rangers will fire Gerard Gallant and Joe Quinville will be the next head coach of the New York Rangers. That, to me, is foregone. It's written in the stars. It is, it is just, it is like, it is like Thanos. It is inevitable. The media insanity that does, does, Dolan doesn't care, and Ranger fans should already know this. I don't. Okay? I don't necessarily disagree with that, but but wait, hold on. Yeah, keep going. Keep on. But your point about the Rangers are gonna, you know, whack the assistant coaches. That is all but saying that Gerard Gallant is next. Oh, yeah, the, and that's, and that's the, back the, to what I said. The, the first move that an organization makes, besides the the trusted kiss of death of, you know, I believe in my head coach, um, that's always number one before a coach gets fired. Next one, they whack an assistant. After that, it's on the head coach. So, if it look, Gerard Gallant does need an X's and O's assistant. That is a fact. He does need that because his X's and O's sucks. When you're out coached by Lindy Ruff, and mostly it was Andrew Burnett, you know, but Lindy Ruff will get the credit. But 
when when you're out coached the way he was in this series, you need an X's and O's guy next to you because clearly you ain't it, son. So to your premise, if Gallant sticks around as the head coach in October, the first three game losing streak, he is fired. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. The first one. I don't even I think just, it needs to be a three-game losing streak, to be honest. I, I just don't. don't believe I just don't believe that the NHL isn't going to reinstate Quinville. I just I firmly believe that's going to happen. And I think it now, will it happen in the postseason? Probably not. So I think this is something that you're going to wind up seeing probably in August when the or July when the NHL you know, late July, beginning of August, when there's no real hardcore media attention on the NHL. So they figure they can just, you know, do it, get it over with, and nobody will notice. And then the Rangers will be like, oh, okay, there's our guy. Bye, bye, Gerard. See ya. And and that'll be when the trigger's pulled. Yeah, I, I just, I, I wonder, you know, everybody's saying like, oh, Gerard Gallant is – it's like you just said, written in the stars. Uh, this is also an organization that has not allowed Voynov back into the NHL. Rightfully so. Joe Quenville should never coach again. I don't care that he's one of the greatest up there. You put him up there with the Stan Bowmans and 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 like of of hockey. You mean you mean Scotty Bowman. Scotty Bowman? Sorry, Stan Bowman. Oh God. No, I'm thinking. You know, obviously. But, you know, you put him up there with Scotty Bowman. You know, Joe Quenville brings in exactly – Joe Quenville, sadly, is exactly what the Rangers need. He's exactly what the Rangers need for a variety of reasons. One, championship pedigree. Two, he – you know, the history with Artemi Panarin. Uh, three, his ability to get the most out of his players, including, you know, stars and veterans. And, and just his whole overall – you know, just his hockey – his – his ability as a hockey coach is, is just about unmatched. Regardless, Joe Quenville can never coach in the NHL. I mean, the, the NHL has to find some way to make that – I don't even know how to say it, but the NHL has to find some way to make that justifiable, and I don't know how they do it. I said something as crazy as, you know, and, and you you jumped right away and you said this would be them admitting complete guilt is, you know, Quenville's salary having to offset, you know, Kyle Beach or, or be, you know, there's like a, a, a whatever. I, I don't even know the, the proper term to it. Or, you know, there's, there's some kind of, yeah, there's some kind of, you know, fun set up or, or establishment or, or something. I just I don't I can't see that happening. It'll never happen because that would be an admission of guilt, and, and it opens and it'll open Quinville and the NHL up to a civil suit. Well, then it opens up Pandora's it, box for all the other stuff. It'll never, ever, 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 ever happen. That that is from a corporate standpoint. That'll never, ever in a million years ever happen. So um, I just don't know if the NHL is willing to go well, down that route. To, to 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 go back to your point about Voinov, that they haven't reinstated Voinov, here's the difference. 
okay? And I am looking at this at, from the league standpoint. This is not me saying this is what I think. I do not I, – I cannot stress this enough because I know that there are just stupid people in this world that will hear this and will be like, oh, he agrees with Quinville. Like, no, that's not – no, okay? This is just using your brain and having a nuanced discussion, Okay. The league looking at this will say, okay, here's the reason why we haven't reinstated Voinov. It's because he actually committed the crime. He did it. He assaulted his wife, girlfriend, whatever. He assaulted them, you know, directly. It was he had direct contact. It was him. Quinville, the reason why Quinville may get reinstated is because Quinville was not the one who sexually assaulted Kyle Beach. Did he know and turn a blind eye and pretty much, you know, help assault Kyle Beach? Absolutely. But did he directly do it? No. And that's where the league will look at it and say, you know, he wasn't the only one that knew something and didn't say something. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know whether it's right or wrong, right? Is is immaterial to that to them to to the league at that point. So that's why comparing this to Voinov is is not the best idea because Voinov directly committed the crime. Quinville was just a piece of shit and prioritized winning over a human life. Well, my my thing so, with it is that we had, what, two seasons of Voynov actively trying to get back into the NHL. Yeah. And the NHL just saying, nope, no. I just wonder if, if you're going to take that hard-line stance with that, rightfully so, 100% rightfully so, if you're going to take that hard-line stance with that, do you want to open up the media storm that is going to come from it? And and a lot of that is going to be somewhat hypocritical because of some of the individuals that do. Rightfully now, so. And now, right. But now you've got, you know, people out there that are, you know, Frank Valley is one today, uh, today or yesterday is making news about it, talking about it on the radio. You know, Darren Dreger probably licking his chops for it to happen because it's going to be a big story. It's a big, it's, 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 it's all like, for, you know, we used to joke, like you just throw the headline up for hits. Uh, but I just, I find where, you know, you're going to have people that will come out and it's going to turn into a freaking media circus on both sides, both sides of the coin. And I just wonder if the NHL who is going through, you know, all their different, all their different initiatives with diversity and equality and things of that nature. Whether you know, not that this is necessarily related to it, but it is in a, in to an extent. Do they want to open up that door? Because that's a very that's a that's that's it's a slippery slope. And you're right; they're not going to touch this right now. There's no way the NHL could be stupid enough. If they were going to reinstate Joe Quenville, there is no way they would be dumb enough to do it during the Stanley Cup playoffs because that would cast a dark cloud right out the gate or just completely take away from everything that's going on in the playoffs right now. Uh, so you're right. If it, if it happens, it's going to happen, you know, after the dust is settled and kind of when it's 
quiet news time. It's the middle of summer. Nobody gives a damn. You when know, all the, the pre-training beat camp. When all the beat reporters are at their cottages. Yeah, pre-training camp is 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 getting underway. I just, me personally, I, I one, I don't really see it happening. And two, I kind of hope the NHL does the right thing there. Again, great head coach. Phenomenal. Would have loved to have had him be a coach prior to knowing about all this stuff. So don't, don't, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, I never liked the guy or would have never wanted him. The ha- no, if you I, didn't I, know. I, you, I said it, I said it the other night. Look, if, 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 you know, in a perfect world where, you know, people actually do the right thing and, you know, and this situation never happens, Ranger fans would be beating themselves over the head to get Joel Quinville as head coach. 100%. 100%. But my, my thing is, is again, I, I go back to, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to make the move. I think other dominoes would have to happen. I think a guy like Mike Sullivan, if he was fired in Pittsburgh, I think that would change the equation. That I think is Mike, a pet dream. And and but but again, the way it was, you know, broached by Fenway Sports Group or whatever the hell they're called, you know, back I think like before it was before the playoffs. It was well, actually right after they fired, right after they fired Burke and Hextall. They came out and said that they're really happy with that. There's no they, they they don't want to do anything really. Basically, there there's no you know mindset of getting getting Sullivan out of there unless you know the new people that come in and take over are like, hey, we want we need to change everything. Well, but the mindset that I got the, be... the vibe I got from it is that Mike Sullivan ain't going anywhere. I mean, look if the the head coach is helping the ownership group find the new president and GM, which uh, Mike Sullivan is doing, the Fedway yeah, Sports Group asked for his input on the search. Yeah, he's not going he, Because he's not going to bring in somebody that's going to fire him. You know, I, I love seeing a lot of people going, bring in Barry Trotz. Hello, Barry Trotz is general manager in Nashville. He's not going anywhere. He's home. Mark Messier for head coach. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Mess. Mess was the only one, you know, the only Ranger that had a motion during the broadcast in Game 7. You could actually see the fire in his eyes with how pissed off he was. I mean, uh, the guy still clearly loves the organization. Yeah. I mean, he's always – I'm actually surprised there hasn't been a story that has come out. I'm surprised that Mess has not been on WFAM or a local – I'm uh, shocked that Larry Brooks has not been beating the Larry drum. Larry Brooks hasn't been beating it, you know, saying, you know, and that's – and that's the thing; it's kind of quiet, so it's not, you know, of that nature. But you look at the, the potentials that are out there. You know, really, the three coaches that come out to mind right away that are available. That, you know, I, I know of at least one of them that absolutely wants to coach because he said it multiple times on on NHL Network Radio. But I don't think he's the. No. He's not a fit. He's absolutely no. not a fit. But that would be a Bruce Boudreaux, oh, which why, you, why? you want to see no defense. Go go for it. You know Peter Laviolette. No. If there was ever a guy that could probably suck all the talent out of his 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 horses, and get them to score even less, it would be him. And then that leaves the last guy, kind of of the old guard. 
a John Tortorella style is is uh, Sutter, who left a Calgary situation who I'm going to give you a newsflash here. The, the stats on Calgary, if you go and look at Calgary's season. They, they were super, super unlucky. They lost so many one-goal games. So many games, I think, what, in the shootout or overtime. Yep. You know, you had players that just didn't jive with each other in the locker room. It's just a toxic, a toxic group overall. And not only that, Jacob Markstrom just shit the bed. And you're not doing much there. You know, you you ship out Johnny Goudreau. You get you, you can't. Well, no, they didn't ship out Johnny Goudreau. Johnny well, he, Goudreau. Yeah, Johnny Goudreau leaves. Matthew Kachuk, you had to ship him out. So, you know, two two big pieces out the door. Uh, Two-thirds of the best line in hockey. Yeah, and you're left with, you know, Markstrom, who had a terrible season. Nobody behind him that could help with that. You know, you're, Huberto you're, comes you're, over from Florida. You're not a Dan Vladar guy? You know, yeah. Huberto comes over from Florida, has a really hard time adjusting, makes you sit there and go, okay, did he just, you know, cast off in the shadows down in Florida because nobody really cares about Panthers hockey, even though they're exciting to watch much right now. But No, you know, he just he rode the coattails. Did he ride the coattails? Yeah, did he ride the coattails? Or, you know, does he just need an adjustment? Nazem Kadri, same kind of thing. You know, Nazem Kadri, you know, cashed in on a huge payday for himself after having a terrific run with, with Colorado. It doesn't work out. So you you wonder, do they look at a guy like, like him? I think, to me, if they're going to make a change, that's the guy. That's the only guy that they're bringing over. And that's if he wants to get off his farm in, in in Canada and come do it. Well, I'll tell you this, he's got eight million reasons to stay on the farm. And that's the thing. Like you're you're saying, hey, I mean, unless you really want to do it, unless you're like, you know what, I just I want another crack at another cup or another run. This is a team that, you know, has the veterans, that has has that style, you know, that he could get a lot out of it. But then again, like if you told me, "Hey, you just got fired from your job and making eight million, go sit on the sideline for a year and see what happens." So, me personally, I think what is likely going to happen is Gallant is not going to go anywhere. The assistants are going to get changed out. They're going to switch things up. They're going to try to get, like you said, an X's and O's type of guy in support. They're going to try to get a defensive specialist guy that can help this defensive group get the puck out of the damn zone without just throwing it up the glass and, you know, causing a turnover or, you know, causing. Or being Keandre Miller and just trying to skate the puck out. Or or making horrendous reads in the neutral zone. You know, that's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to try to fit, you know, try to fit in where they could maximize the most out of their defensive group without, without getting them exposed all the time, without getting a Jacob Truba exposed so that Jacob Truba can do what he does well, and that is basically lay people out. The, deliver clean, clean, and clean, and I mean clean, hits that are still part of hockey. 
that we don't take out because people who have never played the game, and this is a very directed comment at some people who have never played the game at any level, doesn't even just mean a pro level or a college level. If you have never played the game on any level, you are showing your ignorance when you say that Jacob Truba's hits are not clean. They are clean. It is not on him all the time to lay up and ease up when he hits somebody. Well, the, the Timo Meyer used looked at him, he, yeah. looked down, <laughs> and you said, oh, he's not going to hit me. It's the same thing when a guy goes into the corner and turns his back. There is a certain degree of, of player Onus safety. On the player. Onus that, on the player that players have to take amongst themselves. You need to protect yourself as well. Okay? Wow. Toronto was up 2 nothing on the Panthers, and they're now losing 3-2. to two. Sounds about right. Oh, baby. Welcome to round two, Toronto. You didn't win the cup. Um, my, my thing is, I, you know, and now being at five Wolfpack games this year, two in the postseason, um, I tried to go – I went to the Wolfpack game last night to kind of escape and it was a fun game. Unfortunately, they fell to Providence, but it was it, it got interesting. I know the score doesn't really reflect it because of the empty netters, but anyways, one of the things that I saw that I really was intrigued with and I think needs to get a long look next season through camp, Zach Jones was very good at moving the puck out of the zone. He's small. I'll get that. He's small, and I don't know. You know, it didn't necessarily translate all that well, but I'm curious with another full season of seasoning down there, he stood out. He was dynamic for the Wolfpack moving the puck. Problem is he plays a style of hockey that so many people, at least in the Rangers organization, are adverse to. They do not like the risk-reward game of, you know, uh, of being a puck-moving defenseman. This this organization still I know, but this organization still has an infatuation with big hulking defensemen, which Which is is why. But you got to have a blend. You have to have have the right. And that's and that's the thing. This team does not have a mix. The you know we you know you and I are big Chappelle Show fans. The mix has gone bad. (laughs) Like the the milk's gone bad. Like there's there's something. Oh God! There, there's something not right in this locker room. There's something not right with this organization. There is, there are some glaring, glaring issues. And this series with the Devils, and this season for the most part, this season exposed it. This year, the New York Rangers were not a team. They weren't. Last year, they were a team. They were a group of guys who fought hard for each other, who played hard for each other. This year, the New York Rangers were a collection of stars that were – it was disjointed. It didn't make sense. It was a bad mix. It was a terrible mix. And this is what you get. You get a terrible terrible result. So this is where you need to go back to the drawing board. You need to look at what went right. Uh, you know, now it'll be two seasons ago, and you have to see what you can do to get back to that. Yeah, but even in that case, I mean, look, I I got on. You know, we we criticized a lot where people were just harping on the five on five 
two seasons ago. But we, we harp more on the unsustainable ways of just riding a historic goaltending season from Igor Shosturkin. This year, the team really kind of showed, like, they can't score 5-on-5. Five five. They don't have the right blend in their lineup. And that's largely because Gallant started make, tinkering and doing things that were just stupid. I mean, there's no other way to say it. You, you've got to, you know, the kid line was supposed to be an X factor going into the playoffs. The only thing that the kid line did good was put pressure on the Devils. But they didn't do anything with what they were creating. You know, what, two points, I think, total? Well, out, of, out of the group? Well, two goals for sure. Two, Yeah, two goals for sure. Uh, you know, Lafreniere threw up goose eggs on everything. Yeah, he made it easy. We know he did nothing. Um, you know, Kako with a goal. We know Kako had a goal. Hedl had a goal. But... Empty netter. Just <laughs> pointing that out. Empty netter. He had the, the, the Haglin special. But you look at that's the only line that really created any forechecking pressure. The fourth line post Ryan Reeves looked completely disjointed. And I know some people will be like, are you kidding me? Ryan Reeves, like we're going to go there. Yeah. This team lost a little bit of their fourth line identity. You want to talk about identity. This team lost a little bit of it with the Ryan Reeves trade. That fourth line was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I like VZ. VZ had himself a really good year. I thought VZ was versatile in how he was used. It was good to have him being able to, to move right. up and down in the lineup. But anybody kind of can look good in the regular season being up on a line with Artemi Panarin. Bottom line, when Tyler Mott in Game 7 is your best forward, you got a problem. There, there are issues. you got a massive problem. And there are big issues. When you have a team that has Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, that that is a huge, huge. Yeah, and the um, only answer that Galak could come up with was putting Panarin down on the kid line and trying to move things around in that regard instead of putting Kako back up with 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 what was Zibanejad and Kreider. Like he I would, I would have put Kako with Panarin, but that's just me. you know, or or just just moving around, just break the line up, break break them up, move things around. You know, so who knows what happens with this season? You know, I don't think they're not trading Alexi Lafreniere. They should. They're, they're, they're not going to. They can't. They, they, they can't should. take that risk. They should. I, they, uh, they should. I think the only way you trade him is if he has some, like, asinine contract that he's like, nope, I want to get paid, which um, I kind of. Here, here's, the, here's the issue. I don't think hockey is his number one love. If if there was ever a work on your game kid tweet to go around, it would. If it was me, I'd point it in the direction of Alexi Lafreniere, and I I just I'll leave it at that. That's that's where, you know. Everybody, if you're if you've been on Twitter, you know exactly what I'm referencing. Yeah. And Zabanajad was the wrong target. If there was ever a target for that tweet, 
I would fire it immediately in Lafreniere's direction. But I think that's where this offseason is huge. Like getting in, getting in with somebody, getting the skating going. Like a Brian Boyle, like Brian Boyle did with the skating coach. You know, getting in and getting your skating down, getting. And that's the one thing. The, the stuff that Lafreniere needs to work on is all effort related. It's intangibles. It's, it's all effort. Yeah, it's and it, it's all it, it's not it's not something where okay I need skill you do not need skill to work on skating to become a better skater no you don't flat out becoming a better skater is all about working hard and, and make, I think it and, was and having and having the game as your number one priority and, I, that, and I'm pretty sure I think it was I, I, and I I'm probably not saying the podcast name right, but Valley was on with Arthur Staple the other the, day. The the Garden Faithful podcast. Yeah, and he said that flat out. He was like, you know, people used to say, "Oh, you can't t- you can't teach effort. You can't you can't teach this. You can't teach that. You can." Uh, to to an extent, you know, he goes into how you can and how you can teach, you know, players changing habits and things of that nature. But again, that goes back to a motivation part. That goes back to a coaching system that is designed to to help them excel. But it's also that's also on the player too. You have to have it. You have to have it. You have to have it in you first. Right, and then somebody has to bring it out of you. But, but it has to. It has to be there. Have have foobar the development of. I mean, how we can go. We could spend an entire episode here talking about how the Rangers have foobar development of players for decades. Oh yeah, no, it, I mean it, it's not it's, even it's not even this group from Anderson, Kratzoff, and etc. I mean decades. We're talking decades of development or bad drafting choices, and and things of that nature. Um, you know we could spend we could spend hours we could spend hours on it. We could have other people come on and tell us stories and tell us all about it. I mean you can you can go up and down through the years and be like, Oh, yep. I remember that one. I remember that one, that one, yeah. that one. I mean, so on and so on. But I think, I think we, we've kind of hit our, our end tonight. This is uh yeah. I just uh, think uh, my, uh, my thing is I don't expect to see any major shakeups coming. There's got to gotta, there's gotta be at least one. There's going to be tweaks. Look, I think there's got to be at least one. But what's because, a major move to you? Is Lafreniere is trading Lafreniere a major move? Yes, I, I don't see that as a major yes. move right now. Yes, it is, and you but want to why? know why? Other because, because he's a first round pick. He's, he's a, a first. first he's a former pick. first overall pick who had huge expectations pinned to him for this franchise. That is saying, look, if we'll move this guy, none of y'all are untouchable. But they all. But pretty much everybody else is. I I disagree. Keandre Miller ain't untouchable. Yeah, but again. Yeah, but I'm been... talking. I'm talking a major move to me, a major shakeup to the roster. You trade Alexei Lafreniere; it's not a major shakeup to this roster. It's not. It, but it goes a long way in making the roster uncomfortable and making the room Maybe. uncomfortable. But you and still sometimes Zabanajad, Kreider, Panarin, you know, other guys. Panarin, Panarin has to know, and I think the rest of the team knows this. And we're going to wrap this up like right after this. Panarin has to know. That if it wasn't for his no move clause, he'd be gone this off season. There's, there's no doubt. I can say that with a hundred percent conviction, with having no sources inside the Rangers. 
if it wasn't for his no move clause, that is his only saving grace. That well, is the only reason why he will be a New York Ranger in October. The Garden Faithful podcast said it that there was conversations. I think it was a Valley or was a Staple or or something that said the conversations with the organization. No, it was Vince on the Jeff Merrick show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, on Jeff um, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, look, I think the Rangers will make tweaks to the lineup. And the Rangers need an aggressive head coach who, like Valley said about Tortorella after Tom Rennie, will close the country club. It yeah. is time to get uncomfortable. Now, that doesn't mean Joe Quinville. I'd rather it be Daryl Sutter. But it is it is time to get this team uncomfortable because you're not going to win a cup with the status quo. And no. that is my piece. And New York Rangers, your extended call warranty has expired. All right, there you go. That's all we got. I could keep going, but I'm not going to. There's no point. Uh, I don't know. We'll kind of play it by ear and see how things are going. We weren't expecting this to be over this soon. We had just got, like I said earlier, we had just gotten back into the rhythm of things, and now it's yeah. Thanks a lot, our thanks a lot, our Timmy. (laughs) Um, All right, we will see you all next time.